Hello, everyone, and welcome to AC23, your weekly dose of arts and culture. My name is Chancellor Zero Skidmore. My producer is Jeremy Porcine. This show is brought to you by the Arts Council of Greater Baton Rouge. You can stream this show and previous episodes at artsbr.org or on Apple Podcasts. When you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure that you subscribe to the show and give us the five stars you know deep in your soul we deserve. In recognition of Black History Month, I would like to take a moment to recognize a mentor of mine whose legacy continues to have a huge impact on Baton Rouge's arts community. Derek E. Gordon was one of the top arts administrators in the country and a native son of Baton Rouge. A distinguished LSU alumnus, he was CEO of Jazz at Lincoln Center in New York. Before that, he was a senior vice president for the John F. Kennedy Center for Performing Arts in Washington, D.C. An artist himself, Derek received bachelor and master's degrees from LSU in music, studying vocal performance. As head of the Arts Council of Greater Baton Rouge, Derek worked with the leaders of local arts and community organizations to advance an inclusive, dynamic vision for the arts. With the support of the River City Jazz Coalition, he used his extensive network of personal relationships to present world-class jazz performances and related educational opportunities in Baton Rouge. Derek was committed to the engagement of all residents in experiencing the power of the arts to transform lives and communities. He spearheaded the creation of additional free arts experiences for the greater Baton Rouge community, including Sunday in the Park, which continues to this day. He also enlisted the support of friend and artistic collaborator Debbie Allen in creating a community dance residency. Derek Gordon passed away on September 10th, 2012. Beyond all that, Derek personally greenlit the first teen writing retreat I ever organized as a young teaching artist working at Big Buddy. And he was always an eager cheerleader and thought partner when I needed feedback on arts programming. Today, my office at the Arts Council is right next to Derek's old office, and I'm honored to be in a space that is so closely linked to his epic works. My one calendar highlight for the Arts Council is also linked to Derek's work. It is about the Jazz Masters series called the River City Jazz Masters. The first show is on February 24th at 7.30 p.m. at the River Terrace of the Shaw Center for the Arts. We're kicking off the new season, the new season of Jazz Masters with vibraphonist Warren Wolf. Now's the time to get your tickets for the season. It's a pretty impressive roster that also includes Poncho Sanchez and Delfeo Marcellus and his Uptown Jazz Orchestra. All of the shows will be outdoors and socially distanced. Get your tickets now at artsbr.org. My guest today is originally from Monroe, Louisiana. After high school, she studied art for a year in Gorizia, Italy. Gorizia, Italy, at Luceo Artistico Max Fabiani. Bravo. She also graduated from Louisiana Tech University. I could say Louisiana Tech University. School of Design in 2015. Through her current drawing series, she explores motherhood and the mutable remembrances of childhood in the context of memory. That series is up right now for your viewing pleasure at the Arts Council Firehouse Gallery. And there will be a reception at the Firehouse Gallery on February 6th. From 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., Beth Welch, welcome to AC23. Hello, thank you. All right, so um, it's just uh, it's just amazing to just be able to on my way to get coffee from the uh, from the, the 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 break room at the Arts Council and 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 get to see such amazing work in the hallway and in the gallery space. Um, there's that big piece I think it's entitled "Why Everything Is So Heavy and Ex- yes. Expensive," right? Um, 
And are you in, is that you in that, that piece? That is me. Yes, there is awesome. a self-portrait. I am actually in there twice, once as an adult and then once as a child. I'm wow. the little girl coloring to the side <laughs> of the piece. Awesome. I'm, I'm going to have to look at it uh, again now when I get back to work. And <laughs> and that piece is like the size of this room. Uh, it's 170 inches by um, 70 inches, I believe, tall. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Quite large. So um, I'm trying to, uh, uh, whenever I have a visual artist on the show, like I'm trying to use all of my language to to give them a visual picture of what yes. we're talking about. Right. Um, so these pieces are always on white backgrounds. Um, yeah. So it's, there's vellum. I right. draw on layers of vellum. So yes. it's one layer that is the mother, usually the maternal figure. And mm-hmm. then the top layer uh, is always a child or the children or offspring of that maternal figure. And so they're much sharper images. Yes. Well, the mothers I draw in charcoal and mm-hmm. then the children I draw in pen and ink because charcoal is very fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can kind of throw it together, make it look good and kind of get through it as quickly as possible. <laughs> Whereas children, it's a little bit more painstaking. If like you real tr- life. Like real life. <laughs> so if you wanted to get your child to do something, sometimes it feels a little glacial. That nothing is moving. And so pen and ink is kind of the same way. And it's also permanent. So every mark that I make, it feels very like you can't erase it. And every decision that I make for my child, I sometimes analyze, you know, like, is this the right decision? Is this too much screen time? Am I scarring them for life? Exactly. This feels like a permanent mark. Whereas, like, if I change something in my life, it's adaptable. And I can kind of adapt a little bit easier. So there's lots of meaning behind every decision that I yes. make within my art. Yes. So. I, I, you know, viewing it uh, without having the conversation prior um, and knowing that uh, to some extent it was dealing with memory, mm-hmm. I, I kind of see these, uh, the adults as kind of fading or like the, almost like ghosts. Yes. So um, my mother recently got diagnosed with dementia. Yeah. And when I was 16, she had a stroke. And so a lot of things changed. It was a very severe stroke. So... Uh, a lot of our life changed. Yes. And so it was, I mean, we adapted and we made it through. And so life moved on. And here we are 12 years later. And I have a two and a half year old. Mm-hmm. And about two years ago is when she got the diagnosis. And we had suspected for a little while. But so slowly she's been losing her conversation ability. And so... um it was just really difficult being a mom all of the sudden and not having a mom to call upon, yeah. but only having the memories. Mm-hmm. So then trying to like sift through my own memories and see what would she do in this case. And yeah. when you're a child, you don't really pay attention to what your parents <laughs> are doing unless it bothers you. And then you're like, why would you make me do this? Uh, whereas whenever you're an adult trying to look back and see how previous people have done this ahead of time, um, it's much more difficult to sift through those memories. And so that's why I purposefully make them a bit hazy. Mm-hmm. And it's also been kind of how I process going through this loss of storytelling, this loss of being able to remember things with my mom. And so, um, yeah, that big piece actually is all about kind of my personal journey within my family Yeah, uh, processing all of that. And so... Um the each each piece 
Um, is it based on just memory? I mean, it, they're so sharp. They look like they could be based on photographs. Yes, they are based on photographs. I do work from photo. Okay. Um, so I actually, when I studied in Italy, I, I was also working photo realistically at that time. And one of the Italian professors, you know, Italians are very blunt. Whenever they want to tell you something, they'll tell it to you. Um, and I remember there was one teacher who came in and the other teacher was saying, look how good she can draw and paint. And the other teacher said, so what? She's not saying anything. And Ooh. I was like, whew, that's the hardest critique I've ever gotten. But it made me think. I was like, okay, so I've got these skills. What more can I do with them? What, what am I going to say? And so through this series, I'm saying, um, I'm trying to bring attention to moms mm-hmm. and the exhaustion of caregiving and how often we're kind of put into the background of our own stories. Oh, yes. And also trying to make people kind of remember their own parents and pull those memories out of their files, if you will, yeah. and think about them a little bit more contemplatively. Um, your mom is still with you? Yes, she's, she's in a nursing seen, home. Has she seen your work? Is Is she responding to it in any way? (laughs) So I sent her a postcard and uh, the nursing home uh, lady actually texted my sister, who's the main contact, and said, you know, she said, she's so talented, which is the longest sentence I've heard in months. I cried like a child, like a little baby when I got that text. But um, she doesn't, I don't think she knows who I am. And a couple months ago, she called me Caroline, who's my older sister, who's also blonde. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, she thinks she's in 1980. It was a good time, like going <laughs> going back. But um, the conversations, we Skype on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Uh, the conversations are very sad, though. It's very yeah. bittersweet because uh, she can't really form very many sentences. Wow, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we do know that, that arts can be very therapeutic. for Yes, it for can. My dementia. dad was very glad that I turned to arts and not drugs and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think it was, uh, as, a, as a parent myself. Yeah, I, he was like, okay, good outlet. Go ahead. Good outlet, yeah. <laughs> so, so you talked about putting a piece together. Can you tell us a little bit of the process of putting the show together? Were there like pieces you were really excited about, but they didn't quite fit this show? Or... Did you create all of these pieces with this show specifically already in mind? I created all of these with this show specifically in mind. So I actually reached out to the Arts Council when I had only five. (laughs) And (laughs) I was like, hey, I'm doing this new series. Is there any possibility that I could have a show? I do very well with deadlines. So I like having Mm. a deadline and a goal to work towards. And so they said yes. And I said, can I have at least a year? And they very lovingly said yes. And then we moved forward from there. So... I was I did all of this work with the hey I've got a show coming up in mind. Oh, that's beautiful. And it will continue. I intend to at least work in this style for maybe a year or two or three, who knows. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, um I noticed that the all the titles are questions. They are. Is that something uh specific to this show or is that kind of something that you've always done? So, as I kind of contemplated, you know, motherhood in general, um I find that it's really elusive and demanding and requires like both a presence and a loss of self. Mm-hmm. And then thinking of my own mother and how much I wish that I could ask her things and oh. have her answer. So I am asking the questions that I wish I could ask my mom. 
Oh. So um, they are all questions, and I actually have a form on my website if you would like to submit your own questions. They're completely anonymous. Mm-hmm. And there's also going to be an interactive element um, at the opening as well as throughout the rest of the show where we're going to have vellum that you can write on so you can touch the materials that I get to touch without touching the art. And you can hang your own questions. So if you have any questions you wish you could ask your maternal figure or your caregiver, then it's an opportunity to. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's at BethWelchArt.com. Yes. Right? Yes. It's a nice website. Thank you. I put a lot of time into it. <laughs> I tend to be a little type A, so I like things to be organized. It's paying off. <laughs> it's paying off. Um, your work has been exhibited in so many galleries and competitions around the country uh, of course, maybe pre-COVID, we you were able to. Were you, did that allow you to travel around the country with your work? I know sometimes artists ship their their work away. It depends on how far, and not recently because with a kid, it's very hard to travel. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So I mean, he's he's all he'll be three in March, but so it'll be a little bit easier as he gets older. Mm-hmm. But uh, right now, I mostly ship a lot of my artwork. But if I can make it out, I try to. Yeah. It just depends on family. Yeah, it's it's one of the things I really loved about being an artist was traveling. But, you know, sometimes you're just there to do the gig and leave. You don't really get, you know, there's not necessarily money, uh, uh, enough money for you to make it a vacation stop. But And sometimes it is. I mean, it depends. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you have uh, what I've noticed in your work. Uh, you're not afraid to use space. Mm-hmm. Um, quite um, often... Um, Artists, you know, they want to fill up the whole space with 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 uh, imagery. But mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like uh, you, you're allowing the image to breathe. But mm-hmm. I, maybe that's just no. How it's I very put intentional. It. Um, yes, yes. I, What's I'm, your philosophy on on space? I kind of want negative space to have a presence in itself. Mm-hmm. So, kind of this void of the background or this void creates an opportunity for your eye to rest and focus. Mm-hmm on what I want you to essentially. So you have this negative space, which can mean many different things to different people. Mm -hmm. It can be a void. It can be breathing room. It can be the heavens. It can be whatever you choose. But there is a good bit of negative space in my work, and I do that very intentionally. Well, for me, looking at the the child in all of these pieces is so much the focal point. Isn't everything? Yes. Isn't the world? Yes. So much negative space to a to a small child. Yes, that too. And how much you have to focus in on your own child when you become a parent. So, oh yeah, you know, it's never the out like the outside world is there, but everything, every decision that you make in a lot of ways depends on your child. Yes, and um, so all of these these um, I want to call them characters. You can because um, <laughs> I'm a writer. <laughs> are 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 they all like people who are in your life? Um, so it's some. Um, I've done some found photos, found at estate sales. Um, there mm. are several images on the government archives that are copyright uh, free. Mm. So I've pulled some from there. And then a lot of them are friends or family. Um, so it just depends. It all kind of started um, when mom got her diagnosis and I started thinking about family and legacy and what mm-hmm. kind of legacy we leave. I found my grandmother's baby book. And it was all hand like written and every image was hand glued, like, you know, like they glue the edges and then place it in. And it was this whole story of this woman that 
I knew as a 90-year-old and an 80-year-old, I didn't know her, you know, as a two-year-old, obviously, but it was just fascinating and seeing the people that raised her. Um, there's uh, several images of a, of a lady named Miss Ollie, and there are only five images of her, but she was the lady who helped raise my grandmother. And so I really wanted to glorify the people who raised the previous generations where we exist and kind of glorify their memories and bring them back to life in a lot of ways. And, and archive them mm-hmm. like for posterity. I think, yeah. I think that uh, my mom has my old baby book. I'll be 50 in May, <laughs> right? But my two sons, I have a, I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. I also have a, my oldest daughter, uh, the oldest, is 28. Yeah. I don't have one baby book on any of them. You know, it's like so much of our stuff is digital. Yeah, which is great. And and digital works just fine. But there's some magic to the tactility of things when you can hold them and feel them and see them. And it also kind of slows you down, Yeah, which is why I draw as opposed to, you know, um, just like I have the photograph. Okay, here it is. No, I want to slow you down, make you look at the marks, make you think about why it exists and why I took the time to create it in a way. Awesome. So th- there's my, I, what may be my favorite piece. It's entitled, How Do You Handle Feeling So Overwhelmed? Yes. Which is a question my, my <laughs> sons would never ask me. Uh, and the answer would be, uh, uh, Daddy handles it by yelling at you and losing his temper <laughs> and then feeling bad afterwards. Yeah. Um, but I noticed with that piece and a lot of the other pieces, the, the, the children are looking up mm-hmm. into that negative space mm-hmm. and I, I never thought about how how often my kids have to spend their lives, Looking especially at. my two-year-old, right? <laughs> Every oh, yes. person in the house, he has to kind of crane his neck backwards yeah. to, 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 to communicate. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, I think when I saw it with that negative space, I was like, oh, they're looking up at the sky. They're looking up at the heavens, you know? And it's like, no, they're just trying to communicate with every, everybody so much bigger than them, yeah. you know? And, and, the mirror when he brushes his teeth he has to stand on something to mm-hmm. brush his teeth and yeah yeah it's just the world is so big yeah for sure and um yeah yeah this this series is amazing Thank and you. um so the reception is on our uh, february 6th yes um at the arts council mm-hmm. uh, it'll be socially distanced and socially masked, distanced but masked. there will be wine and cheese and yes there will so be there's that covid free wine and cheese you know, come free. check it out <laughs> And there'll also be another reception because I'm trying to kind of space people out as much as I can. Yeah. And also, so there's so many artist receptions that I want to go to, but mm-hmm. I it's like you've got to get a babysitter and then that's three hours uh, worth. And yeah. so I also am having a Saturday morning uh, coffee hour from nine to 11 and you can bring your kiddos. And I'm oh. trying to make it a little bit more available to uh, caregivers of any kind, and usually, like a Saturday morning's a whole lot easier than a Saturday evening. So there'll be two receptions. Oh, cool! Yes. So I have one more question about the 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 actual physical hanging of the pieces. Mm-hmm. I noticed that there there is not a glass kind of glossy cover. You don't even know that the pieces are covered unless you kind of the light catches them just yes. right. What is that? So I work at a museum. I work at LASM, (laughs) the Art and Science Museum, and um, that is non-reflective plexiglass. And I um, did a lot of research of framing because I'm the exhibitions coordinator, so everything to do with an exhibition, I have my hands in, a.k.a. mostly hanging art. My dad says I'm a professional picture hanger. So (laughs) I, I hang art for a living, and so 
I get a little bit picky when it comes to how my work is viewed. And so I actually did uh, do non-reflective plexiglass for a majority of the works. There are a couple that I didn't get. Um, I got them done by a different framer. And so they have regular plexiglass. But yes. I, I think all art should be in non-reflective plexiglass. <laughs> um, it it just nice. gives it this. I remember when my daughter was, was little, we'd go to art galleries and she wanted to touch everything. Oh, yes, they do. You know? Oh, yeah. And I just, stop it. You're going to get us kicked out of here, you know? But it, it just... I don't know. The The work seems more present. It mm-hmm. seems more exposed. It takes away that barrier. It takes away that barrier yeah. of that glare and that, and your own reflection. Yes. <laughs> you walk up to, and you're looking at yourself, yeah. you know. Well, um, there are lots of barriers, you know, within the work. I mean, technically there's a second layer, a second right. sheet of paper but creating it's that barrier. Yeah. yeah, the barriers are there to trigger empathy in the viewer. It's kind of like, hey, get, put yourself in these shoes and how would that feel? Yeah. That was one of my mom's favorite uh, phrases is she would say, you know, like walk around in their shoes for a little bit and then assess the situation again, yeah. you know. That's, so That's always like to the oldest kid too, you know, how would you feel if your brother did that to you? Exactly. You know? Yeah. So, Oh man, this is uh this is an amazing show. Thank um you. and it's a lot of work. Like the, of work. <laughs> the, the 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 gallery's full. We have to put some out in the hallway. Yeah. Right. And you also have some um some reproductions that yeah. you're selling. I've got some reproduction prints. If anyone wants to take a little bit home, they'll be available. So I've got some little eleven by fourteens and sixteen by twenties. Yeah, they're not you're saying a little eleven by fourteens, but that's like that's a nice size. Well, compared to the work. Compared to the originals. A little bit but smaller. But your reproductions, I mean, they could you know, they're they're sizable. Yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of artists, you know, all they got is like, you know, a few postcards. Yeah, I've got those too. <laughs> you got those too. Um well, I mean, uh, the, 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 thank you so much. Of course, for for coming on the show. Thank you so much for doing this this show. Um, I mean, it is fulfilling as an audience member to walk into the space and 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 live with these pieces for a moment. Um, it, it it has a lasting effect on me as an audience member. Not all of the the shows that we have at the Arts Council do that for me. It's a matter of taste, of course. Uh, and your 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 drawing skill is so amazing. Like, uh, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's been a lot of practice. <laughs> well, hey, it, it's paid off. Um, but yeah, it, it was funny having the skill and then covering it up. It's ah. kind of like this push and pull. Is like, okay, you can draw. So what? So what are you going to say about it? And I'm going to hide it from you in a little bit of a way so that you have to get into the shoes and you have to ask a question why isn't the figure on the same plane. And that's so creative. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Of course. Y'all, this is Chancellor Zero Skidmore signing off for AC23. And at some point, I'll see y'all at a show. Peace. Peace.